Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher. This is a podcast where we talk a lot about adventure. We've had some amazing guests on the podcast that have been on incredible journeys. Yet, this podcast is not just about the places that we go. It's also about that voice inside each of us that calls us to adventure. And what we found through this first six months of the podcast is that when people answer the calling to go into nature, they are overwhelmingly looking for a sense of peace. Nature seems to be a place of healing and a place where peace can be found. And I know that's certainly true for me. Today, we're going to be talking to somebody that knows this firsthand through her work as a wilderness therapy guide. Our guest is Rayleigh Duchenne from Asheville, North Carolina, and she's here to talk with us about the healing powers of nature that she's witnessed, especially with young people. Rayleigh is not only a wilderness guide, she's also a certified yoga and meditation guide, a transformation coach, and host of the awesome podcast, Awareness Rising. Rayleigh, welcome to the campfire. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share about my journey and thank you for providing this platform for ordinary people, <laughs> ordinary people like me. Um, it's a true honor and there is so much to share, so much wisdom through the outdoors and I'm excited to be here and speak with you. Thank you. Well, thank you. You, you are so not ordinary, but uh, I guess we all can say that uh, to some degree. I, I'd love to just start by going straight to wilderness therapy because some of our li listeners, maybe they've not heard that term before. So I wonder if we could just start with you sharing, what is wilderness therapy? Yeah, wilderness therapy is, is truly therapy. I am not a therapist, um, but it's therapy in the outdoors. And I was just a wilderness guide through a therapeutic program mm -hmm. where children were invited to come out and live in base camps, cabins, um, back go backpacking for three, usually around three months. It depends on the program, but for my program I worked with, it was three, 90 to 100 days that the kids would come out and truly live on the land, um, learning all types of survival skills, but also therapeutic skills. So these kids were outside for most of the day, every single day, except mostly to sleep. Yeah, that's amazing. So what was the kind of the age group of the kids that you were working with? Like nine, 90 days in the woods is a long time. That's a long time. I wouldn't be out there for that long. I would do shifts of two weeks and Got two it. weeks off. Okay. Um, so normally around 50 days, uh, 15 days, not 50. And yeah, the kids I worked with were anywhere from 10 to 17. And they I have heard of adult programs too. Um, and the, the kids I mostly worked with were the girls and they were probably around 13 to 17 years old. And I was 22 at the time when okay. I worked with that program. So I wasn't too far from them. <laughs> yeah, well then, so they certainly could relate to you because um, the age yes. difference wasn't wasn't that great, but 90 days in the woods for a 13 year old, that's a long time. So can, can you kind of talk us through what that 90 days looks like for them? 
I compare it to the stages of grief. <laughs> um, so you know, these kids were brought out and they had no idea. Um, so these were kids who were struggling at home. Um, it was a family therapy program. So while the kids were in the woods going through their therapy, the parents were also going through their own. Um, and that's how the program would work. I think it would be awesome to have the whole family out there for 90 days. Yeah. See how that would work. Yeah. So comparing that again to the stages of grief, um, yeah, they hated it at first. I remember <laughs> this, this one girl, she was 15 or 16, and, you know, the parents don't tell them because you can't really, you don't want, a kid's not going to want to do this, obviously. Yeah. So a lot of them get gooned, which is a professional kidnapper. And they come and take the kids in the middle of the night, you know, put them in a cop car, and they're driven sometimes across the state, and then they're thrown into the woods with someone like me. <laughs> Wow. And they have no idea why they're there. So at first they're angry or they're, they're really scared. And I remember this one girl, she was brought out in a whole snowstorm wow. in winter. And I, I couldn't imagine being in her shoes, just absolutely not knowing what's going on, being brought out with a pack. Everything is taken from you, your clothes, your belongings. And you're just giving survival gear in a backpack. And then she's, she's tossed into the woods with us. And we're like, hey, all dirty and smelly. <laughs> and super excited because the only excitement you really have besides a waterfall or an animal or flowers, you know, someone new. So, yeah, they'd be angry at first, scared. But I would watch their journey over time and come back in and see students over time. And we'd go through stages of truly acceptance, sometimes really enjoying it. But the, the feeling of missing home never leaves. But the beautiful thing about the program is, and what I experienced when I would go home is the sense of gratitude when you do finally go home. For simple things like hot water, having shelter in a bed, it, it completely transforms your life. Feeling that grateful for every little thing in life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that feeling just coming, just coming out from a weekend of of voluntarily being out in the woods and camping. But that that shower when you get home is amazing. I want to emphasize and and sort of go back to so the, the this visual that you created. Like literally, these kids are coming to you not having no like don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, what 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 is that like? Like those first few days. First few days, a lot, a lot of crying, <laughs> um, and the whole, the whole program is adapted to the hero's journey, which I'm sure you're really familiar. Yeah, with, we love that right? on this podcast. Yes, of course. So you know, this is this to them is their call, true call to adventure from the beginning. And at first, you know, when you're thrown into the fire, this new adventure, you don't know what's going on. It's really scary, and you just want to cry because you want to go back to the old life. You want to yeah. go back home, but you can't. You have to, and what backpacking teaches you is you got to keep going. And I always had to tell the kids because they would cry and cry. And like, I, can't, I can't do this. I can't be here. And I'd, sometimes I would agree with them. I don't want to be here <laughs> either. Yeah. This kind of sucks right now. It kind of really sucks right now. It's storming and we're cold. I, I, I understand you. But what would happen if we do get through this journey together? What would we learn from this? How can we grow? And I'm going to be right here with you. And I loved actually that I wasn't that much older than the girls I worked with because they saw themselves in me. And as a leader, I got to show the potential of what they could do because I'm doing it. And a lot of them are bigger than me in five two. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I loved being that inspiration to keep pushing for them, not only to prove myself, which for me, it, it showed me who I was and how I developed and grew uh, in that type of job position, but 
just to watch the kids grow and for them to see how amazing they are, how strong they were, that they didn't, they didn't know it was any way possible for them to do what they did. But would they have discovered it if they weren't given the opportunity? Okay, they were forced, but yeah, <laughs> but still. Wow. So when when they first come to you, I mean, I got to imagine that there's some degree of um, well, you said the four stages, the five stages of grief, right? So denial. Um, you know, is there aggression? Is there like what are those first few moments like? Each kid is different, and it's funny because uh, it'll show you. I kind of know what to expect from their first night, uh, but also they surprise you. So sometimes a kid won't talk for a few days; they'll just yeah. kind of be reclusive in themselves, hoodie over their head, and then eventually they'll start opening up. And it's like watching a flower bloom and be really beautiful. And other kids, they would just act out, you know, start actually fighting us. I've gotten, I took a few punches. And I, I understood because I might want to fight somebody yeah. <laughs> also. Yeah. If I was thinking of being like a teenager, like yeah. you have your routine, you got your friends, you got your phone, that's all gone. Now you're just si sitting here with your thoughts as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of them would fight or they would go within. Yeah. So you got to, you got to, you got to be tough and you got to be ready for that in those first couple of days. What's, what's the group size like? No more than 12. Okay. So mostly I had at least, at least five. So anywhere from five to 12, yeah. it depended on the group. So who's in the group? There's a, there's a character to each group. Each group had a certain type of, of child and their experience so that they can relate to each other. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some, some groups were more like, introverted more yeah. sensitive yeah. Uh, maybe lots of crying <laughs> other groups are you know are more wild now you know they're fighting every day trying to run away they don't really run away they just pretend to and then they kind of look over their shoulder make sure you're following them <laughs> it's cute. Uh, i love it so so when the groups come together or when when new cut kids come in i mean are they all coming in together at the same time or are they being introduced individually like to a, an already established group yeah, no, they come individually. Sometimes more than one would come on the same day. Um, but that would always kind of be a bad thing because then those kids would attach to each other for survival. And if one leaves, you know, it, it's heartbreaking for them because that's their sense of safety and belonging from the start. But most of the kids would come in alone. So it's it's their journey from the from the beginning that they're walking. And I have to imagine that, you know, that each kid has gone through, like, has each, has already gone through each of the stages, the ones that are already there. So when new folks come in, yes. then there's got to be, you know, the other kids have already sort of been in their shoes. So I imagine there's, there's some degree of, you know, the, the kids that have been there for a little while, sort of taking the new ones under their wing. I and mean, what, what is that yes. experience like? No, exactly. So yeah, all the kids, so when they start the program, they go through stages uh, that they graduate from. I forgot how many stages there were, mm -hmm. uh, but it would go through different, you know, lessons of character. So learning leadership, learning responsibility, learning accountability, integrity. So for each stage, a kid had opportunity to be be a leader in that sense, and they would have roles to, you know, help help the new person learn how to build a fire, uh, teach them how to pack their pack. Uh, teach them how to properly layer your clothing when it's cold. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't always be on me. I would really look to the students 
to be leaders for themselves. And it was always opportunity for each person, no matter where they were in their journey, to be a leader. Um, even the new, the new people, they had responsibilities. And it's really important when you're in the environment when, you know, we don't have technology, we're in the woods. <laughs> right. um, so that's how we kind of develop our time is learning skills and teaching skills. Yeah. And, and I, you said, I mean, no technology, we're in the woods. Like, you know, there's varying degrees of camping, right? I mean, there's like remote wilderness and then there's like car camping and there's glamping. Can you kind of give us some context of what you guys are what you guys are dealing with. Yeah, so with that program, uh, they rotated three different um, areas. So one base camp where they would stay in cabins. So they had showers okay. there, and that would be for a week. Yep. Then they would rotate um, maybe backpacking, and backpacking would be the longest phase, two weeks, no bathrooms. We are in the wilderness. Yep. We are miles away from civilization. Yep. There is nobody and nothing <laughs> except trees, and some waterfalls and us. Yeah. Um, and then they would take a break from backpacking and go to another base camp. Um, and they would have yurts, which yep. I'm sure you can explain a yurt better than I can. Yeah, it's um, like a, it's kind of like, I mean, it, to some degree, yurts can be glamping, but they're essentially kind of permanent tents, right? But it's 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 a luxury after backpacking for <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, so they would they would get something different at least every few weeks, but the majority of the time they're backpacking. And um, as a staff leader, I actually got to choose sometimes where I would come in, but I personally came in always backpacking. Is that is that your favorite? It was my favorite, but also I took the job never having backpacked before okay. in my life because I, I love self-development. That's why I'm a life coach. Um, so I was learning with them. And I wanted to take every opportunity I could to be in the mountains. I'm from Florida. This was also my first time really experiencing mountains, experiencing hiking, experiencing fire making and swimming in waterfalls. I loved it. Yeah. Also hated it, hated it sometimes with them. <laughs> so where did you pick up your wilderness skills? Was it on the job or did you have some uh, wilderness training beforehand? Uh, I didn't have wilderness training like that. I came from farming. That's when I was doing it for a few months before. Um, and before that, I was fresh out of college. But they trained me on, on the job. Got we it. do like a, a pre-training program. Um, and before every shift, you come in like a day earlier. And experts would train you how to build fire. It was incredible <laughs> to learn it from people who could start a fire in front of me in seconds. Wow. With, with sticks. <laughs> yeah. um, but I got to learn those skills. I never ended up busting a coal on a bow drill set, but I still have my set and I still try. But I learned how to use, you know, flint and quartz rock and steel. And I, I still carry, I have my fire kit in my car. You never know. <laughs> when oh, I go God. camping, I, I try to always remember. And in 90 days, I mean, you're going to experience some weather too. You're going to get the full elements out there in that period of time. Yes. So I'm from Florida. So Think how I felt with them in my first shift, it was 12 degrees, <laughs> 12 degrees. Um, but they taught me really well how to take care of myself. Yeah. So it was a learning opportunity for me as well. Well, and and so, you know, the there's an uncomfortableness about being in the woods, right? There is a degree of suffering when you're in the when you're in weather like that, right? And I mean, it's not always just warm and you know, clean, and there's just there's a lot of uncomfortableness. And, but you're also, you as a leader have a level of responsibility. So, you know, what is that balance like? I mean, just kind of managing your own discomfort 
at, at the same time trying to take care of them and, you know, be a role model and a leader for them? That's a beautiful question. You know, it was, it was easier for me to take care of myself, having responsibility of so much life. <laughs> so yeah. at one point I had 12 kids and four adults that I'm leading and I'm responsible for everyone's comfort. So I have to take care of myself. And I learned how to do that. I learned so much self-care. But to be honest with you, I didn't really have time to process emotionally feeling uncomfortable. It just became my natural state. <laughs> um, yeah. I learned how to work through that. I learned how to work through it. And I would process myself later, like emotionally how I was feeling. But in the moment, all I cared about was being a leader and making sure everyone else was okay. And that was fine for me. That's why you don't really stay in that kind of job for, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but I learned how to work under pressure and I really learned how to put so many other people before myself. But I recognized I had to find, like you said, that fine balance yeah. of taking care of myself. So I would schedule time um, to leave the group, you know, or wake up at 5 a.m. before the kids get up and go and wash my skin and my hair in the waterfall. Yeah. Maybe it was nighttime and maybe it was really cold, but it was my quiet moment mm -hmm. to myself. And I would do that. And so you still were able to find time for yourself. But I love that you said I didn't have time to be uncomfortable. It just became my natural state. It's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it so much. So let's, I want to go back because we kind of, we kind of left off with those first couple of days and the, you know, kind of kids that are sort of in denial and maybe there's a little bit of aggression and, you know, they don't really want to be there. So, you know, keep, keep taking us through this journey because like, obviously things change, like there's a shift that happens and maybe there's multiple shifts that happen. I'd love to hear about some of those changes and some of those shifts that happen and, and maybe even some, I, I, my, my guess is that these happen in moments too, and you probably see them happen. Yeah, um, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the craziest time I had with these girls. And we were in uh, Panther Town Valley. They call it the Yellowstone of the East. It okay. is wild, wild black country. Cool. Uh, this is my first time <laughs> leading uh, children out there. And we had the worst rainstorm you could imagine. I was wet. I was soaked to the bones personally for probably two to three days where I didn't get to dry my things because I didn't have a tent. Uh, I had to sleep in front of the kids' tents in case they try to run away. And, you know, there was one hole in our little tarp and it just filled my sleeping bag yeah. and I was soaked. Um, so we're all miserable. Um, of course, they're fighting and they're screaming and they're being dramatic and someone's running away in the light in a lightning storm. Uh, we keep getting flooded out our base camps. So we'd have to pack up everything in the rain, uh, sludge and hike our way up through a river that's flowing. <laughs> it's miserable. Like if you can think of misery, like, this is misery. Yeah. <laughs> misery. And think of children who are looking at me like, are we going to die? And I'm like, Maybe, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> Not really, but um, so just pure misery. Um, I have one kid freaking out, going off to a cliff somewhere, saying they're going to jump off, but they're not going to, but they really want love and attention. Yeah. I have another kid who is terrified of lightning, like pure trauma of lightning and screaming and shaking. And the kids, we're just all huddled around a fire. I have 
snot rolling down my nose trying to keep a fire going yeah. in a windstorm because it's freezing and I'm scared the kids are going to get hypothermia. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just like those moments of crisis when you really bond and connect with people the most. So think of like the chaos and misery of that and then the storm passes. Yeah. And we wake up and the sky is blue again. The sun is out. It's warm. And that first breakfast of grits, warm grits you have in the morning and everyone's mood is lifted and you realize, dang, we just got through like <laughs> a whole storm together. Yeah. Um, and just the smiles on the faces, the hugs and the reflections around the campfire the next night of, remember like so-and-so is doing this, ha, 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 ha. Um, and just seeing a, a, a group go from pure hate yes. <laughs> and like, uh, and violent aggression like yeah. they would really fight each other because where are they going to put all this anger except on each other and to go from that overnight to pure like joy understanding compassion uh, appreciation for one another and to see them form a true sisterhood a family you know you know about the trails family the, a trail family yeah. you go hiking with a group of people you leave Truly, as a family, you learn about each other. You grow through a journey together. So just to witness that development of, of true unity, of a team, of a family in the moment come together through life-threatening situations is really beautiful. Really scary in the moment, moment, but afterward. <laughs> I think that's part of it. And you painted such a really beautiful visual of that. I'm just like, I actually could feel like the chaos and the you know, with the weather and the screaming and the fighting. And then like, you know, all of a sudden somehow you got them to go to sleep and the next morning you wake up and the sky is blue. And all of a sudden, like what I sensed was there was like a gratitude that the, the storm had passed and it was like, wow, we made it and we did yeah. it together. Yeah. And it feels very accomplishing to get through something like that, not, not only by yourself, but with other people. And you'll never forget that. Yeah. And I would always tell them through journeys like that, next time in life, when you've graduated this program, maybe 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now, and you're going through something difficult in your life, think back to this moment. Think back to this day that you overcame and you backpacked 10 miles through a storm, through snow, through hail, through lightning, and you did it. And we're having this beautiful moment, watching this beautiful sunset, enjoying this beautiful waterfall think back to this moment for the rest of your life yeah. that you overcame and you will overcome whatever you face yeah. it is it's it's that overcoming it's uh I'm, I'm thinking back to um bill barty who was a guest here on this podcast and he talked about the kind of phases of adventures and how like um the first part of an adventure is the anticipation of it and then this on the back end it's the recollection of it and um, so, you know, we don't ever anticipate and look forward to storms and fighting and all of that chaos. Like we don't wish it. We don't want it. We don't we don't look for any of it. But then when it's over, we don't remember like, oh, remember the like that boring night when we just sat around and did nothing and like everything was perfect. We don't remember that. We remember the chaos and the fact that we got through it. And uh, man, that's just such a I mean, that's that's the magic of what you do, isn't it? Um, I like to say when I go backpacking, the fun part is when it goes wrong <laughs> and you learn to adapt in those moments, those moments, those, it's right, that's true that you remember, um, but it, it teaches you 
how to adapt in life in general. It teaches you resilience. And that's the adventure of life. When you're in that dose of reality, right? When you're in the moment, like, are you able to recognize, like you said, when things go wrong, that's the fun part. But like, are you able to recognize in that moment that this is what it's about? Mm. Or is it, or is it the, like the recollection afterwards? Do you know what I'm saying? Of course, after, because in the moment you're like, I have to survive this. <laughs> I have to survive this. But a different like part of you comes forward. Like, I don't have time to be scared right now. I don't have time to be worried. I don't have time to be angry. I just have time right now to be present. To be present to one stay alive to support other people and to overcome yeah. <laughs> um but afterward that's when you can look back and reflect uh, okay what could i have done differently uh, what did i appreciate that i did right uh, in those moments yeah. so you've got these this group of girls they kind of go through this experience of chaos which leads into the next morning and gratitude and like things have changed that next morning so like what so what happens from there the cycle repeats. So <laughs> the kids are predictable. They go through a beautiful day together and then things start to get a little tense and then things build up and then they fight and then they heal and then we get back together and we repeat. And that was, that would be the journey. That's amazing. Just accepting each other, supporting each other. If it's not this kid freaking out, having a moment that we're all supporting tomorrow, it's going to be someone else. Yeah. And then we learn from that person. And then we move on to the next day. We learn from the next person. Um, but we're, everyone was going through something, like even myself. Like if yeah. I have an injury, so now the whole group, the whole group as a unit, we have to cope and adapt to that one person's yeah. injury or that one person having a bad mental day. It affects us all. You can't run from it. You can't just leave people <laughs> when yeah. you're in the woods, you know? I, I I just can't I can't even comprehend how cool that must be to just watch this happen. And I'm curious if you can recall any experiences of like specific kids that were, you know, really in denial at the beginning and didn't want to be there and maybe were aggressive and, you know, the change that you saw in them and maybe how they expressed uh, gratitude to you and kind of their change of mind, you know, any specific memories that you have of those kinds of experiences? I have so many memories, but I don't know, when you're talking, I just kept thinking about this one young woman I had. Um, we were we were hiking up a mountain for six hours in the cold. It was freezing cold, but wet, and it was very windy, and the temperature is dropping. Um, and we were two miles away from the campsite, and I just heard her knee go snap. Oh. And in that moment, and you're two miles away, everyone's kind of mad. <laughs> like, why do you have to get hurt now? Yeah. Um, but to see the determination of this young girl in so much pain, she was in so much pain that if she even moved a little bit, she would like scream. And, um, you know, of course, I, I did my protocol and I have to call back to my, my yep. base camp and let them know, like, hey, this child's injured. Uh, you know, how do we move forward? And they're like, she's going to have to make it or she gets helicoptered out. That's that's how it is. Yeah. Um, you know, get get them to the camp, get them warm, get them fed. So I'm like, okay. So I go to her and I tell her the news, like, you're going to have to make it another two miles or you got to get helicopter, <laughs> helicoptered out. But yeah. even then, like, that's a whole 
journey and it's yeah. just going to be painful so no matter what you choose you know we're gonna i'm gonna help you right um she, and she chose to keep going um and it's it's pouring rain and it's about to be dark um and everyone came together to support her carrying her pack and helping her walk um and despite all the pain she was in she did not quit she kept going um, not that she had a choice but um she couldn't give it up and she couldn't and i have seen that in a kid where they just they give up, they sit there and we sit there with them and we could be more comfortable and we can't. Um, but just to see so much bravery and strength in a young woman, and I've never been through that. I've never had an injury like that. Um, but to see her make it through was amazing. And her attitude never once shifted, even after that. Never used it as an excuse to go home, which you can't, you just, go to the hospital and you come back to the program when you're healed. So kids can't use the excuse to, oh, I'm gonna injure myself so I can get out of here. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you're gonna delay it. You're not gonna go home for even months longer. Um, but she inspired me and I hope, you know, she hears this <laughs> one day that, um, that <laughs> to see that type of power and strength in a young woman, it, it was so impressive. It was so impressive. The perseverance is really incredible. And all the other girls watched her. So now when another kid got injured in that group, no excuse. It's infectious though, right? Yes. No, that's a great story, uh, really. Um, so this 90-day journey, and I know you're kind of coming in and out. Um, you're not in there the whole time. But what is the what is the end of the sort of 90-day cycle look like for these kids? Mm, okay. So by the end of the program, these kids can – build a whole primitive fire on their own and sustain it. Uh, they know how to filter water. They know how to pack their pack. They have probably journeyed maybe a hundred miles over the course of three months with everything on their back. Um, they have worked with their therapists, processing what they need to process, writing letters um, of accountability to their family. So building, healing the relationships with everyone in their life. Um, healing within themselves, going through all the phases of, you know, character development, integrity, honesty, leadership. Um, and by that time, they're, they're ready to go home. And you, you know, those kids are ready to go home because it, it stops the energy within them would switch from, oh, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home to actually, wow, I'm so proud of who I am today. Um, hey, welcome to this program. Like, I have overcome this within myself. Um, I can't wait to teach you how to build this fire. Um, and they, they just become a little balls of inspiration to all the new kids of this program is gonna help help you. And I know you hate it right now. And the kids would tell the other kids this and I'd be like, yes. <laughs> uh, you don't, you're gonna hate it right now, but I promise you're, you're gonna learn so much <laughs> and you're gonna be so proud of yourself. And that's the hero's journey, right? They come through it that's and now it's, it's their turn to share with others, right? Exactly. Yeah. So have you had the opportunity to witness sort of like the kids being um, like reuniting with their families at the end of it? I have seen it um, from a distance and up close where um, the kid would want to introduce me to their parents. And um, it was really beautiful. Um, it was always very emotional. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't see your kid for three months. Right. <laughs> um, and you don't know half the things that they're experiencing that you can write about it and we'll tell you about it but you know they weren't there with them but i was and so i get to look the parents in the face and tell them like your kid's strong your kid is amazing 
good job. <laughs> uh, I know that kid was giving you a hard time, but uh, you have a good kid. And so how, how often do you see um, some of the participants say to their parents, how could you, how could you do this to me? I think they're just ready to go home at that point, but I'm yeah. sure later they're like, what the heck? Um, but no, all of the like things that they had cursed their parents about, that all disappears the moment yeah. they see each other. Uh, and it, it's beautiful. Because uh, like I said, remember that gratitude of having a hot shower? Yes, Gratitude absolutely. of a... Of a of a hot meal. Like I would dream about pizza. <laughs> I would dream about pizza and tacos and I dream about like two nights in the woods. <laughs> 90 days. That's a lot. So, you need to come home to your family. Can yeah. you imagine that? That the first time seeing your family in months. Yeah. Really, what is it about nature and the wilderness that creates such a perfect environment for this? This is, this doesn't seem like you could do this in a city or even in a you know, suburban kind of setting. I mean, what, why is the wilderness such a great place for this? There's no walls or barriers to run from or escape to, not only within yourself, but externally. And at home in society, we have so many things to numb and to hide from, whether it's, you know, people or friends in our life, going somewhere, entertainment, going out to eat, everything in your house to distract you from what's what you're what's with inside of you but when you're in the wilderness you're absolutely 100 percent present with everything that's within you and there's nothing to distract you so now you're forced to look at yourself um, what is there who am i you can ask those questions and actually have the opportunity to receive an answer mm. from deep 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 within mm. Well, and that's a that's a really great lead in to the person that you've become as a transformation coach. Before we go there, how has this experience as a guide changed you? It allowed me to break free of all the conditioning of who I thought I had to be. I came into that that job and my career I have now as a young woman, fresh out of college. So I got to break free from everything that I was told I, I had to be or thought I had to be and allowed myself to be my true self. So I always say, refer to it as I pursued my authentic path. And I was supposed to be a doctor. I had a promising medical school seat. I was a prestigious honors medical scholar. That, that path was already set in stone for me and I could have been very successful at it. But there was a calling and I chose to follow it. And I recognize and I see now and I honored it that I can be a healer. I can change the world without being a lawyer, without being a doctor, but being like truly all that I am, but allowing that who I was to unfold and find out who she was by taking that journey, my adventure. I got to discover her. And through her, I get to inspire so many more women, especially women of color, to go outside and find that they're themselves as well and have that journey to heal, to empower, and to transform your whole life. Wow, that's really profound. And you touched on the fact that at, there was a point in your college career, essentially, where you heard a calling. And we talk about that on this podcast quite a bit. But you know, at such a young age, to be able to recognize that calling and to be able to follow it, um, yeah. that's rare. At, at such a young age, I'd love to hear just like, what was it? What was that like to answer that calling to first of all, to get that calling and then 
to be able to tap into that and know? Well, you can, anyone can ignore the call, but just the knock just is gonna, it's just gonna get louder and louder. And for me, I was witnessing that within myself um, as I was pursuing this career that in my heart, I knew it wasn't for me. Um, I kept getting sicker physically. So by my senior year of college, I was extremely sick. Like I was throwing up every day. I was having severe just anxiety of coping with, you know, exams and stuff. Not because I wasn't smart, but because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and I recognized that how can I be a doctor, be a healer if I am not healed, yeah. if I'm not happy? And then I had a mentor, a doctor tell me, yeah, about 68% of doctors regret being a doctor. So if you, you know, if you choose something different, honor it. I know, I trust that Rayleigh, you're going to be successful no matter what you do. And when I heard that, I, I started asking, okay, what is, what is this call? And the call for me was to go and work on a farm in the mountains because I wanted to experience what, what it would be like to heal through my life, my life, a complete lifestyle change where I grew my own food, I drank the cleanest water, I worked with the land, I got to be present in nature all day. What would that do to my health? Like, how could I prevent so many diseases I'm witnessing within my family? So I chose that journey to heal not only myself and the recognition that as I heal myself, I'm healing generational disease and I'm inspiring other young people to pursue something that yes it builds them up and inspires them you love it but can you stay healthy while you do it because what's what's the point of pursuing a career if you're dying yeah. as you do it well, really you have a you have a wisdom that's beyond your years for sure and um it's it's really impressive. I'd love to just hear briefly about um, kind of where this whole journey has brought you. Now you're a transformation coach. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yes. So as I pursued farming, I also pursued um, other healing. Um, for me, I'm very passionate about mindfulness. So I became a certified yoga teacher, meditation teacher, pursued the wilderness therapy because I wanted to add nature guiding. Uh, into that practice. And now I can share all those medicines through my coaching. And so, yes, I'm a yoga teacher, but to me, it all makes sense to apply it to life, to apply it to breaking conditioning. So the whole point of like yoga, for example, um, is to do movement and stretch that breaks the conditioned patterns of your body that you do in normal day-to-day -day life that is causing you pain. Okay, well, you do that with your mind as well in yoga. So that's what meditation is for, to observe the patterns of your mind, especially negative thinking. Mm. Okay, how can I plant a different, healthier seed of thought? Okay, so now I apply it to your whole life in that perspective. And how can we use the tools of, of gardening or farming and yoga and meditation and deep breathing? And how can we add those mindfulness techniques to your life to help you uh, become more aligned and healthy? And it's simple. It's that simple. Wow. So you're really what you've really been able to do is kind of take all of your experiences up to this point and kind of bring them into to something that you've become really passionate about and, and helping other people to find the way. So you've got a bright future ahead of you. I'm curious what some of your aspirations are as as you kind of move forward into the next phase of your journey. Always have more right right when I achieve it. There's always more to go. Yes. Um, and 
I want to, I know that I want to help millions of people. And I don't think that I can coach personally millions of people. So I would love to move into book writing and film, film education, which I love my position um, that I have with Black Folks Camp too, because I'm in the space in the outdoor industry where I can be in position to lead nationally what it means to go outside and why we should. And I get to inspire women, especially women of color, to explore these spaces, not only as a in terms of business entrepreneurship, but healing and empowerment, um, pursuing life paths that you don't think about. Um, so I would love to move into that space and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to keep pursuing that adventure. You are. You got an amazing energy, and uh, I'm I'm excited to, to to keep watching you. And and you get to work with Earl Hunter Jr. And uh, he was episode 20. The, the great folks at Black Folks Camp too. Um, you guys are doing some amazing work over there. Um, yes. And I met him through my last ship to wilderness therapy. It was okay. divine divine timing. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, great, great group of people. And uh, I'm just proud to know you guys and, and, uh, and proud to be able to support what you all do. Um, I am so thankful that you were able to join us for this awesome conversation. Um, just a couple of um, final questions here. I, I do want to just ask what, what advice that you have for people that um, like you were at that point in your life when you were able to listen to that voice inside and, and you were able to follow that voice. But sometimes we experience fears and doubts and resistance. Like what, what advice do you have for people that maybe are feeling that call to adventure, but they're just not sure, or maybe experiencing some resistance? Pursue it, <laughs> go for it, because you're never going to get the validation you want to feel safe. And like I said earlier, we agreed upon a get comfortable being uncomfortable because if we don't take that leap, if we don't take that risk, that, that knock is just going to get louder and you're going to wish you answered it sooner. So you might as well answer it now and to give yourself your own validation and see where it takes you. See where your heart takes you. See where your, your heart joy. takes you. Love it. The adventure is always worth it. I love it really. Okay. So you know that when uh, it's all said and done, Hollywood is going to want to put your name in lights. They're going to want to tell your story and they're going to make a movie about you. And when they do, I want to know who the Hollywood actress is going to be that's going to play you in this movie. Um, okay. I'm sure Earl probably answered the same thing, but I'm going to be it. <laughs> um, I'm going to be the actress. Awesome. I love it. You're gonna I'm sure that's super basic to say, but. Hey, you said you wanted to inspire millions. You're going to write books and you're going to create content and you're going to be the actress in your own movie. I love it. You're going to play yourself. I think there's a Netflix movie I watched recently, The Incredible Jessica James. And okay. the actress's name is Jessica. Um, and she wrote a, her own movie. And the movie is about becoming a, like a playwright. So you get to see the, the fruit love of her it. dream. I love As it. she's acting in it. So I would love to be, to do that. That would be There you go. I love it. So Rayleigh, what is your movie going to be called? I thought about this as a book title. So no one steal it, but something along the lines of like journeys and transformation. Journeys something and transformation. Like love it. Love it. I don't know. We'll Starring see. Rayleigh Duchenne. That's going to be a great movie. I can't wait. Well, Rayleigh, thank you so much for being here. And for those folks listening, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Rayleigh's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. 
If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. Rayleigh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Namaste and enjoy the journeys wherever they take you. And I hope we cross paths and enjoy a campfire sometime.